Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. sacrifice to us to bring you something God that cost us something but it's really nothing compared to the scheme of things it's nothing to give you this little bit of pride it, it's it seems real hard it's, it, it seems big God to give you that cigarette it, it seems real hard to, to quit gossiping and pulling everybody into my strife it seems real hard God to to maybe give a little sacrifice tonight and burn it in the fire but God I, I, I just want you more I want you more than that. I want you more than that. You know, God don't ask us for everything at one time. He hasn't done that in my life. Maybe these super soldiers, they did it that way. But for me, it's been a process. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He is so good tonight. Hallelujah. We praise him for his mighty power and his delivering power. He said the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. I'm one of those seeds, so I shall be delivered. But going with what I was saying, I've just really been meditating on if you want something different, you have to plant another seed. And so a few months ago, I was I was like, God, I can stay right here. You know, this is good. And Pastor Sativa's doing good. Freedom 3 is doing good. Evangelist Timmy and Brandy, they're doing good. Uh, starting evangelism school. It's all good, God. It was real tempting, I'm going to tell you, it was real tempting to just stop there and say, look what God's done. This is good. Isn't this great? People are getting free. The vision is happening, and that, that is the desire of my heart, that the vision does happen, that it comes into completion to what God has called it to be. And, and I said, God, you know, I could just stay here. I, you know, I had to make a, a decision. The Bible says, this day I set before you death and life, choose life. I had to make a decision. And that decision was, was I going to start plowing again and planting other seed? Was I going to plow again? Because when you go to the plowing, that's not the fun part. The plowing's not the fun part. And if you're going to have a harvest, you're going to plow. You're going to plow. So I said, okay, God, I'm at this place in my life where, you know, I... These doors, you said for me to walk through doors in 2017, but they're opening a little slow. Okay, I could just sit down. If you want me to do it, God, you open the doors for me. I'll just sit here and I hold my new grandbaby. I just, I just sit here, God. And but then I'm like, something else is rising up in me, brother Floyd. Like, no, this is not all that God has for me. This is not the completion of my destiny. This is not all that it is. As great as it is, it's not all that it is. And when I stand before him, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I, I have to meet my maker. It's not just all about who I talk to here and how they like me or how they don't like me. But when I stand before my God, he's going he's gonna to say, well done, or he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. And he's going to... He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And there's a lot of goats in the church world. 
And he's going to say, uh, wait a minute, you didn't obey me. You didn't complete. You, I'm not going to say you won't go to heaven. I ain't gonna, I'm not going there. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that chance in my life to compromise what I know in my heart and say it'll be okay. Do I know that? Do I have a guarantee that when I stand before him, it's going to be okay if I didn't want to obey him? I don't have that guarantee. So, so am I going to serve him this long? I'm going to continue to serve him. So I rose up, and I'm like, okay, where can I plow? Look, where can I plow today? Let's see. I can call over here. My friend, they go to this church, and she's been inviting me to this prayer. And she didn't say I was going to be the preacher tonight. She just invited me to their prayer at Kingdom Builders, and I... Let's go plow. So I got a couple of intercessors and went over there Monday night and, and, and we just plowed. Well, Pastor, was there anything in it for you? I'm planting seed. I'm plowing See, I'm plowing. I'm plowing. I don't see the phone calls yet, but I'm plowing. So I could have just said, God, I, you know, I, I'm hungry. I hadn't ate all day. What for? Come over here and and just sit down under the pew somewhere where nobody saw me. God, I'm not doing that. No more. I'm tired of that plowing, God. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of the fight. I think I'll quit plowing. You're not going to have a harvest. Somebody else is going to get your harvest. So you go ahead and plow a little bit and quit every time. Plow a little bit and quit every time. Plow a little bit and quit every time. Somebody else is going to get your harvest. And that's a word from God. And you're going to wonder what happened. Well, you got frustrated in the plowing time. And I understand. But if I want to go into another area that God is calling me into, I can't sit there and say, doors open. Yes, I'm at home in my basement praying all the time, doors open. Without ever going through the doors, the little doors, the little invitations, the little calls that say, okay, we're having this in Little Rock. Can you come and, and uh, just sit? Can we do that, you know? So I saw if I want a new garden, I want the fruit that I have, but if I want more fruit, I have to plant something different than what I'm planting now. I have to start plowing again, and then when it's plowed up, then God's going to let me plant my seed, and then there's going to be a harvest. Amen? The Bible says seed, time, and harvest. We want harvest. A lot of people go by what they see, but the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't go by what we see. We go by what we plant. We plant. The Bible says Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God brings the increase. So when you plowed and you planted and it seemed like nobody cared or saw or, or you didn't see any harvest from that, just know that, that you are going to have part of that harvest. You are, but if you... If you don't quit, then you can be right in the midst of that harvest. So the key is don't, don't quit plowing and planting and preaching and prophesying and witnessing and giving when it seems hard. Because you got to have that time. Seed, time, and harvest. Amen. That's just, a, that's just a little nugget that I've been learning in my life that if I want something new, i got to plant something new. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to talk about these uh, things that some of us are giving up tonight. And I told them, I know some of us not ready to, okay, everything I'm, every, well, some of you may be. 
But it's okay if it's just a little something. It's okay, you know. Um, Pastor Casey, can you start reading in Deuteronomy 7, verse 1 and 4? And we're going we're gonna to read a little bit, and then we'll, we'll talk about what we read. Thank you, Jesus. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou make marriages with them thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son for when they will turn away for they will turn away thy son from following me that they may serve other gods so will the anger of the lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly okay you say pastor what's that got to do with me hittites jebusites parasites girthocytes you know them things you want to throw up that kind of choke you girthocytes however you say it Gergeshites, all those are demons. In this world that I'm talking tonight, they're demons, they're strongholds, they're principalities, they're, they're wicked things that keep us bound, that we say we're going to quit and we don't. Tomorrow we're fiending through the trash to get it again. I've been there. I know what that feels like. It doesn't really matter. It might be an Oreo. It might not be crack. I mean, but I'm saying, I've been in there like, okay, where's that at? Where's that at? Especially cigarettes. That was the hardest thing to quit. Um, cigarettes was the hardest for me. And God showed me one day, he said, it's a door to, it's a door to like witchcraft. I mean, it's a, I'm not saying if you smoke, you're doing witchcraft. I'm saying, have you noticed the cigarettes come first when you're a child? It's like, oh, I'm nine. Everybody's like, smoke this, smoke this. They're really not giving you cocaine when you're nine usually, but they start you off with those cigarettes. And my cousin started me off with some cools. And those things, Brother Scott, them things was hurting me. And I was still sitting in the bed smoking them at, at probably 9 or 10, you know. And <laughs> Aunt Kathy, has, they had some cools and me and Sandra's in there. And I was choking. I'm like, Jesus, help me. But, it's, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fit in right here. As bad as it's killing me, I'm going to fit in, you know. Well, then everything else that I did, you know, uh, sex, drugs. I didn't do many drugs, but alcohol. Um, and, and it's not even bad. It's nothing worse than the other. But anyway, the last thing to go was them cigarettes. And I'd come to prayer for two years. I came to prayer four days a week, still smoking. And, uh, and you know, when them self-righteous spirits hit you, how can you do that? How can you do that? I was trying to get free. I say, God, you know, I love these cigarettes. I said, I don't want to give them up, but I'm asking you to help me. And so he, he did. He eventually gave me a word. I was, I was real mad at Pastor Pinson that day, and I left the church, and I said, she can have it. It's one of them deliverance times, you know, where it gets ugly, and it's in the in-between the breakthrough. Remember time? <laughs> it was in between the breakthrough. So, you know, Monday, you might not be feeling all that swift, and you come in, and it might take a minute, some of them deep things, and by the time you come back on Thursday, you're feeling, I just want to quit. 
But the key is to get back in the presence of God. Get back in the breakthrough anointing. Now, the anointing destroys the yoke. That's why you can sit in some churches and hear the word 30 years. You can sit here and hear it and, and don't let it go into your heart. If you don't plow up your ground, if you don't plow up the fallow ground by prayer, sometimes it just kind of bounces off. So so I came back. Uh, well, I left and I, I went. What I did um, was went and got some cigarettes, sit in the parking lot somewhere. There's a field out there. I said, gosh, she can have them. Apparently, she likes them more. She can have them. I mean, I was squalling. I was hurt so deep, but it was all stuff from my childhood, and my mom was my pastor, so that was that was a little difficult. So y'all please pray for Michelle and the kids because it, it's not easy, especially when they're the ones helping you get delivered, and all your judgments are against them. <laughs> That's rough. So I, I was just scream at her and leave, and I, and I went and got in that field, sitting in that car, listening to gospel music. Y'all ever been there, you know? got that beer but I'm listening to gospel music because I really want God but this day guess what because I had done backslid before this day God said your children won't be able to handle this again okay God so I came back humbled myself got down low got rid of the pride Pastor Pinson helped me please and we broke through that time Another time, same thing, because that judgment was deep in me, and it wasn't all the way out, and, and something else would hit it. And so it happened three or four times, and this one time I left, and I had done quit smoking for several, several months, and first thing I did, headed for them cigarettes. And I, I walked straight, I, I parked somewhere on the side of the road smoking, crying and listening to gospel. And, and I, I used to would have been listening to Hank, no, not really. I was listening to gospel, but anyway, I, I said, God, she can have them. I'm never going back. She can have them. I'm not going back. If I go anywhere, I'm going to go over there to Pleasant Lane. It's the street over. I'm going to go over there. And um, this, is, this is truth. This is truth. All of a sudden, I felt something lift off of me, which was a prayer covering, which I'd never felt before lift off of me because she'd been saved for a long time. And four demons come after me, four demons, one from each corner of that field. They were leashed, released out on my life. And I sit there and I saw one coming, two, three, four. And, and this terror, this fear on the inside of me. I, I really, you know, I really didn't have a choice, Julie, to really backslide again. When he said, he said, you're going to die or your kids can't handle it or Look at these demons, because that's because I had a praying mama. I had a praying mama, and she was putting pressure in the spirit and not on me. Pressure in the spirit and not on me, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual weakness in high places. So she loved me, but she put pressure on him, on them, on those parasites and Jebusites and and rebellion, because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And most of us, when we start doing anything that becomes a stronghold in our life, we started out rebelling. We did it because we're mad. We did it because of this. We did it because of that. We didn't do it because of love. So I say, oh, God, forgive me. Them things went out the window. I didn't even care about littering. I'm telling you, they was gone. 
Them things was out of my car. I was like, forgive me, God, help me. I repent. Crawl right back to this altar right over there. And she helped me again get another breakthrough. So that's what freedom's about. That's what we're here for. We're not here to judge you of your sin. We're here to help you overcome sin. Because he said he's overcome it all. He overcome all evil. And he lives on the inside of me. So I can help you overcome and I can help myself when those things start trying to rise up. Bitterness, hatred, strife, unforgiveness, resentment. All them things church people don't talk about. They just want to talk about outward sin. But all those hidden things in the heart that the Holy Ghost said, I'll make manifest. He said every hidden thing will be brought to the light and it will be made manifest. So don't worry when everybody's trying to pounder on you. They probably got something in their closet. They got a skeleton in there somewhere. Hey, somebody said they got a skeleton somewhere. But we come to the altar and we say, God, help me, Jesus. Yes, he lives in us. Yes, we're overcomers. Yes, we're conquerors, more than conquerors. Yes, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But that thing's been in me as since I was a child, that rebellion. The, the first time I rebelled against my mama, the first time, it, 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 I kept feeding it and feeding it till it got big because that was my big thing, rebellion. But it is the sin of witchcraft. The Bible says it in uh, 1 Samuel 15, 23. Can we turn there, Pastor, and you read it to us? Rebellion is the sin of, as the sin of witchcraft. Hallelujah. I learned how to do it with Pastor Paul. He probably had them all marked for everybody. <laughs> for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Okay. So let's look at Deuteronomy 4, 23 and 24. I'll read this one, Pastor, and you, you go ahead and look up uh, Exodus 21 uh, through 6. Deuteronomy 4, 23, 24. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, that, and make for yourself a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a jealous, consuming fire, a jealous God. Okay, Exodus 20, 1 through 6. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt, make unto thee, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Okay. We see that he is a God of mercy, but he's also a God of judgment. You know, sin can't enter into heaven. And a long 
long time ago, I, I felt sorry for the devil. I really did, because my grace gift is mercy. So I even felt sorry for the devil one time. And I, I was praying for my son, Josh, and I was praying for him. And God showed me a rebellious spirit. He was little. And I was laying in that trailer in the floor, and I saw that rebellious spirit over him. And I said, you spirit of rebellion, come out of him in the name of Jesus. And I said, he's just a little boy. You know, it was intercession coming out of me. He's just a little boy. And I heard the devil. I ain't never heard the devil before. Like, like words like that. Maybe temptations, but not words. Courtney, he said to me, he said, I don't care. And this evil presence came in that room. And uh, you, you want to say you're not a fighter? Let something like that happen to you. You'll rise up. You will rise up for that baby. When you won't rise up for nothing else, you'll say, all right, you devil, you spirit. Because, see, I'm not mad at my son. I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at the rebellion. I'm mad at the sin is witchcraft. I'm mad at that thing going to pull him into destruction if somebody don't pray it off his life instead, instead of griping at him. Somebody get on their face and seek God over their children. One time I went through another experience, and, you know, I, I was, I won't go in detail about it, but I told pastor, I said, I'm just upset. I'm mad. I don't know why I'm so mad. She said, you're not mad at your child. You're mad at that demon. And I was able to separate it for the first time of what they did, that when I grew up, we're bringing them up, we, we made stands against, and they did it anyway, and, you know, flaunted it in my face, and I was so mad, but I didn't say anything to them. I went home, and I didn't understand why I couldn't get over the anger. And she called her, I called her, and she said, Annie, you're not mad at them, you're mad at the rebellion. So see, that'll put something in you, it'll put a righteous indignation in you, it'll put a hate towards the enemy in you that you don't feel sorry for him no more. Well, he can just flat out tell you, I don't care if, it's, if this child's four years old, that's what I like, so I can corrupt him young, I can get in there real young, and I like it. That's how the devil operates. So we, we don't have no mercy for him. Amen. No mercy for him. So when we go back, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy I can just read it if you don't. It's 7, uh, and I believe it's 6 and 7. Uh, we'll start with 5. It says, he says, don't, you know, don't give in to those idols. Don't give in to anything more than you do God, basically, is an idol. If something pulls you more than God, I don't care if it's your wife. The Bible says that if you love, if you love your children, if you love your husband, if, it might not say children, I gotta look that up, but I know it says husband. If you love your husband, your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, more than you do me, he said you're not fit for the kingdom. That's a hard saying. So when people say, I, my family's first, that's not what the word says. It says seek ye first the kingdom, and then all these things. And he said, if you love them more than me, then they can become an idol to your life. They become an idol to your life. But yes, we do need to take care of our families, and we do need to love them. But that is what the Word says. And I know people don't like it, but that's what it says. So he says, verse 5, 7 verse 5, but thus you deal with them this way. This is how you deal with idols. You destroy their altars, you break down their sacred pillars, you cut down their wooden images, and you burn their carved images with fire. 
For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. And we already read that he's a jealous God. Do you want to share your boyfriend or girlfriend or your spouse? Or Do you want to share them? Let some of these females mess with Tim. Hey, or better yet, let them mess with Biggin. I, I done seen Elder Barbara at the altar, uh-uh. Let them mess with Biggin, and Elder is going to be on them. And so when they be trying to befriend my husband, I'm not talking about, well, I don't know, some church folk. <laughs> but maybe not here. But we're sitting at the ballpark watching Gracie play, and this, this uh, woman just comes sits by my husband. I didn't know her, and. She starts talking to him and talking. It's okay to say hi. It's okay to say hi. But his wife's sitting right here. Hey. <laughs> and so I'm like, I sit there a minute, and she's talking, talking. And all of a sudden, I just reach my, my cell phone right in the middle of that conversation and say, hello. <laughs> oh, hey, I didn't really see you there. <laughs> but she knew. She knew, see, because I took my authority right there, right? And I plucked her down. I plucked her down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't mess with my man now. Don't mess with your man. Don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with us because we can, we can tear you down there. We can tear you down over that. Don't mess with our kids. But I'm trying to teach us how to get that mad at the devil. Get that mad at the devil. That if we don't conquer these idols, whatever, we don't conquer, our children are going to have to rise up and conquer. And it can be fear in our life. It can be uh, alcohol. You know, that's why you see it go through the generations. We just read it's going to go out through the generations, the third and fourth generation. That's why you can see a child, and she's 12, and she's, she's after me, and when she's 12, and her mama did, and her grandma did, and her great-grandma did, nobody broke the curse. Nobody stopped the cycle. We just try to preach it, folks, and preach it, folks, and it don't ever break it. What breaks it is spiritual warfare and living in victory and, and learning the Word of God because a lot of people are coming here and tear something up, but they'll walk out and they'll pick it back up. A lot of people will, will get some deliverance and they don't walk it out because they don't put the Word of God in their mouth. You have to get a Word on your situation and you walk out of things with the word of God amen somebody said somebody you know these thoughts keep coming in the scripture that came to me where it says in Corinthians casting down every hot thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ so I said well the next time that why comes even if you get delivered and you leave and you say man I was rough in there I they don't want me at that church. That's some ugly stuff. Because that used to happen to me a lot. She don't want me there. I just told her I hated her cuts. But I had to learn when I left to don't pick that back up. Because that's torment. And that torment will come on you. And it will work on your mind until it gets you to go sin again. See, it will work on you. So the key is to, to close the door. Close the door. Close the door to sin. Close the door to the thing you just got delivered of. Uh, close that door and say, as soon as that thought comes, because it's coming, the Bible says it's coming. He's coming for the word's sake. Persecution's coming for the word's sake. 
So he's coming. You say, I got, I got free of cocaine tonight. I don't never, when I was at the altar, I didn't ever want any more. And really, I felt something come out of me. The reason that I wanted to do it, it come on out of me. And when you leave, oh, somebody's going to be over there at the house. Come on, if you don't get high on me today, you weak. What you going to do? We're learning what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know, we love you. But, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want any of that in here. Oh, you're going to judge me because I do a little bit of dope. You gonna, I thought your Bible was all about love. Love, love. Well, if you love, you're going to tell me the truth. If you love, you're going to tell the truth. And the truth that you know is what's going to set you free. So, so I know Coda's going to rise up. Because I done seen it in prayer. Me and his pastor, we done seen it. He, he gonna, he, I just see that anointing on you, Coda. I see you bringing them young people out. I see you saying, you know, with a big grin, we love you. But we, we really don't. No, no thank you. And they'll be like, God, I want me here. Yeah, come on in, eat some chili. Yeah, we do want you. We just don't want that. Amen. You can do it. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost to make those stands and help pull some of these younger ones out that maybe those things are so, maybe they don't have the strength yet to make that stand because those controlling spirits are big. They're big before they ever walk in there and try to tackle the whole house. That's a big baddie. Mommy's called big demon a baddie. That's a big baddie to have the boldness to walk into a place where 12 people say and offer them some kind of drug or alcohol. And all that is is a corrupting spirit to get you back into sin. They don't care about you. They're not loving you because where are they at when you want God? Amen? So, so we can love them, but we don't have to love the sin. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so let's read now. I love this one. Uh, well, we're in 7, so I'll go ahead and read. I think I was in Deuteronomy chapter 7, so let me go ahead and read this one too. Starting with verse 17, it says, If you should say in your heart, these nations, these demons, these demons are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? How can I be free? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm which the Lord brought you out. He brought you out of bondage. So to whom are you going to be afraid? The Lord will send a hornet among them and to those who are left, who hide themselves from you, are destroyed. You shall not be terrified of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. And the Lord your God will drive out those demons before you little by little. Somebody say little by little. So I'm going to talk to the church now, church folks, me and everybody else. When they're getting free, don't say, what y'all watching over there? They might have just put crack down. They might have put gossip down. They might have put hate down. And they got this little show, PG-13. And I'm not saying it's holy or anything. But then we walk in and say, what you watching? You wouldn't believe the, the wives that's told me through the years that their husband is still out of church because they did that. 
Because what it does is makes people think they can't do it. I do these three things, but it's not good enough for you. I got to do more for you before you're going to accept me. When Jesus said we was already accepted in the beloved. Amen. I'm already accepted the day I accept him into my heart. It's not based on what I do. It's not based on all of that. It's not based on my relationship with God. The, I'm not going to, I'm going to go to hell when I reject Jesus. Because when he looks at us, he sees the blood. He sees the blood. But it's rejecting Jesus. And I'm not saying you can just sing and sing and sing and sing it up. What I'm saying is fall in love with him and you won't want to. That's what I'm saying. Let it just fall off of you. Let condemnation rip out of you. Let disappointment where parents don't accept you anymore because you didn't run the factory. <laughs> Let, you know, you didn't wind up like them. Let all that stuff go. And that, that, the, the, the ugliest demon, I believe, is unforgiveness. That thing is bad. <laughs> that thing is bad. And, you know, some people can have a spirit of unforgiveness, which is different than just I can't. I saw a vision of one of my friends that was backslid, and I was praying her back, praying her back. And I saw this gulf. I, I, was, we were in the, the church was in this cloud. There was a space, and she was over there, and she couldn't get from there to here. And she was looking at me like, help, help. And I said, God, what is that? He said, she has a spirit of unforgiveness. And that unforgiveness is keeping her from being able to come in to the things of God. But it's not like unforgiveness. She almost can't forgive because it's a stronghold. It's not like she just says, I ain't going to forgive. She might have did a long time ago when it set root, but it's a stronghold in her life now. And that has to be torn down in the spirit. That has to be uh, coming to prayer and letting God soften that heart and letting those things start rip out of us so he can purify us and sanctify us. It's a process of sanctification. That's what it is. It's a process of sanctification. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, don't marry them. And then in verse 6, he said, you're a holy people. You're a special treasure above all people on the face of the earth. He said that you are special to him. He loves you. And, and when I was thinking about people, I was saying while I go, I felt sorry for the enemy at one time. But I was thinking, but we have a chance to repent a hundred times, thousands of times. That's why I was thinking about him. But it, it's like when I saw how, you know, God, I don't understand all that. Brother Floyd probably understands all that, and he's preaching Sunday. But, but what I'm saying is God said, I said, God, what is it? He says in Psalms, he said, I hate evil. I abhor it, A-B-H-O-R, I abhor it. I can't stand in the face of evil. And I said, God, you know, just like one more time, could he not have one more chance? And, and he's like, oh, do you want to go to heaven with murderers? Do you want your grandchildren in heaven with rapists? I can't stand sin. Sin can't enter into heaven. Sin has to go. It can't enter into heaven, God is saying. Now, if you're pleading the blood, God, help me. I need you, Lord. I'm talking about practicing sin and continue and continue and continue and say I don't care because I can do what I want to do. I'm talking about that rebellious spirit tonight. I'm talking about that kind of sin. I'm not talking about struggle. I'm not talking about when you, your heart is pure and you're saying, God, help me. I want you, God, but I can't quit this addiction yet. 
God, he sees us in that place. And when we go, we go on to heaven there. But I'm talking about, he said, I can't, I can't stand sin. Sin can't come up here. Then I understood it a lot more. Sin can't come to heaven because he wants us protected. He don't want a drunk driver killing my son in heaven. He don't want my daughter walking around scared to walk the golden streets. It's not going to be up there. Somebody said it's not going to be up there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. We thank you, God, that no sin will enter into the kingdom of heaven, God. You said liars won't even make it, God. It's not about the, the, the strongness of the sin. It's about the heart. It's about the witchcraft in the heart. It's about the attitudes, the rebellion, the, the, the just the straight up don't want to and not willing to, God. We just ask you to help us tonight, Lord. We ask that you come upon us and show us that you said to have no gods before you, have no idols, have nothing that I worship more than I worship you, Lord. Have nothing that when I wake up it pulls on me more than you, Lord. And I know it takes a process. It takes time to get all those roots out. It takes time, God, because we placed it with hurt. We placed it with, with uh, some of us getting beat and and abused and we placed it with food and we placed it with with drugs and we placed it with alcohol and we placed it with with shopping god but i'm asking you tonight lord to bring conviction into our hearts lord put a spirit of repentance in us that we don't continue and i'm talking to to older saints that we don't just continue to keep coming and saying we're going to quit that we don't just do that over and over because pastor casey preached a message and it changed my life for godly re sorrow, let me see. For godly repentance produces sorrow. I'm sorry is not it. Maybe the first time. But when I keep doing it, I keep trampling on Jesus' feet over and over and acting like it's nothing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're sorry you got caught. Because when you're sorry, when you repent, repentance means turn around and quit doing it. And like I said, if you're struggling, God help me, you know, get in the prayer. But I'm saying repentance is eventually it should be a change. It's a change of heart. It's a change of heart where it's just not okay today to talk about somebody. It's just not okay anymore to be witty and to, to talk about my sister in the Lord. It's, it's not okay to put down other churches and say, that we're better, that that arrogant spirit is not okay anymore. God, I'm asking you to expose it. Expose sin in our hearts, Lord. Sin in our heart. I'm going to ask Sister Julie to come, and she's going to share her part on this. And We had a lot more scriptures, but I believe in stopping when the Holy Ghost says. But thank you for listening to me. And Sister Julie's going to come now. This is a great word, a great revelation. It changed me back in the day and i believe it's going to change us again tonight amen thank you amen it's hard to follow that no, you gotta oh my god okay just um personal experience um i'm going to talk about aiken aiken from uh the book of joshua chapter six and chapter seven um when Joshua took over for Moses, his first battle was the city of Jericho. God, 
cursed Jericho. It was a bad place. Sacrificed children, prostitution in the temple, the worst of the worst of the worst was Jericho. So on the seventh day around, we all know the story, they walked around and on the seventh day, Joshua said, okay, guys, this is it. This is it. We're going to, this is our last trip around. They sieged the city is what they did. They laid siege to it. And in that time when you laid siege to a place, you, you handled it one of two ways when you got in. You took everything as your prize, what you were fighting for, or you burned it. Okay. So Joshua says to them, on this day, we're going to walk around, we're going to do our thing, and then God's going to give us the city. And when he does, we're going to go in. And instead of taking the things that we normally would, God says, do not take a cursed thing from this city because everything in this city is cursed except for. Now, uh, God said, I want the silver, I want the gold, I want the bronze vessels, I want the iron vessels. That's God's prerogative. You know, it takes money to operate an army, I'm just saying. It takes a whole lot of money. Uh, but Joshua's like, he, was, he adjured them, the Bible says. That means he, he was really trying to convince them the importance of do not take an ever-loving thing from this city because when you do, you're going to curse yourself. The curse that God has cursed this city with, you bring onto us. The children of Israel had come into covenant with God Almighty, and as a group, they were all one. And when one person broke covenant, it caused the whole group to break covenant. When we sin, it doesn't affect just us. It affects those of us that we love the most. So, you know, everything's great. Everything's great. They went in, they did their thing, they cut and slashing, burning, cutting, slashing, burning. Achan sees something he has to have. It was this beautiful robe from Babylon. He's like, oh, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. So he takes it, some gold and some silver, and he buries it in his tent. Well, they they conquered everything. They won. They won. You know, word was spread abroad. Joshua, woohoo, Joshua, the, the Israelites, formidable. A few, a, a little time passes, and so they had to go to battle against uh, Ai. And so they sent the spies out, and the spies were like, man, we got this. We just need a few thousand. That's all. We just need a couple guys. And, and uh, so they went. And those few thousand were turned back. The Bible says their hearts turned to water. 36 of these, these Israelites were killed. And Ai chased them back. Joshua was laid out in the floor in front of the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> what are people going to think about you, God? What are people going to say about me? <laughs> God says, get up. 
Get up! Get up! But God, but God, get up, Joshua. This is your own fault. You brought it into your house. You brought the cursed thing. The thing was cursed with destruction. And that's what you brought into your house. That's what you, you got. I told you at the beginning what was going to happen. So they got them all together. They brought each one. Each one. But, you know, sin has a way of finding us out. <laughs> it does. But, but officer, I, I didn't know. Miss Hamilton, ignorance is no excuse. <laughs> It's like, all right, Aiken, yeah, it was me, yeah, I, I took the robe, I took the gold, I took the silver, and it was buried. Aiken's name meant trouble. Did you know that? Do you know that whatever, there's power in your words? And so every time Aiken was addressed, it was like, come on, trouble, come on, trouble, come here, trouble, trouble, trouble. So Aiken was trouble, got in trouble, and caused trouble. Be careful what you name your children. Be careful the words that you speak. So anyway, Aiken says it was me. But this is, I want you to see in, in Joshua chapter 7, God said, we'll go tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll bring everybody in and then we'll find the culprit we'll, we'll fix it Aiken had a chance to repent he had grace he had grace but he chose to ignore it he chose to do his own thing and keep his own thing he's like I gotta have that robe man my wife's gonna look good in that robe so beautiful robe it was me they carried Aiken, his wife, his children, his sheep, everything he had out into the valley and stoned them to death and stoned them. That seems a little harsh, but the curse was destruction. You see what I'm saying? The disobedience to God brought destruction because the curse object he brought into his house was destruction. And that's what he reaped. Now, whatever we bring into our house is what comes into our house. I had an experience once, and you know you guys are old ha-ha, yawn-yawn, but my husband and I went out to eat, and we, I, I, I collected these little sun-moon things. I just loved them. I had them everywhere. You know, they were so cool. But, and so I bought some and brought them back, and... Um, that night, I had the worst, most vivid, horrific dream. I can't even, I've got a vivid imagination, you know, just I really, it was bloody, it was brutal. And my husband tells me, who has no imagination, man, I had the worst dream last night. It was bloody, it was brutal. I was like, me too, wow, we're so in tune. <laughs> Well, the next night, it just got progressively worse. We're talking brutal, blood, brutal. And poor Stephen, he's like, I can't take this, man. I can't take it. I was like, Mom, what happened? I don't know, Jewel, let's pray. Pray, pray, pray. Dreams, 
you know, heart, my heart's being ripped out. And, and I was like, God, what? What? What is this? Something is going on. And clearly, God spoke to me and said, you brought that into your house. These particular items, they, they actually represent the Aztec sun god. And if you don't, the Aztecs, they were sacrificial people. They cut your heart out with a, with a rock, you know, and offered it up. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So what do I do? Well, I prayed over my house, and, I, and he said, get every cursed object out of your house. And so I'm... And it was like I went into this different realm or something. I, all of a sudden, I could see. I was like, oh, this, that. So I, I got it, and I got it, and I got this one, and I, and I got that. And I was like, well, maybe I really like this one. Maybe I can just take it apart and get rid of it. Okay, okay. And I said, but what about this one, God? No, that one's innocent. See? We got to hear the voice of God, and he'll show us, and he'll tell us. So I just got them all out of my house and prayed over my house and apologized to my husband, and, and it was good. Remove the cursed object. God was good to us that way. But that's what I know about the cursed object. Whatever we bring into our house is what we have in our house. And these two things, these two forces can occupy the same space, you know? God and idolatry. This thing, though I didn't worship it, I had it. Got to have that robe. It's so pretty. God said, don't keep it. It's cursed. And so we just ask him, God, what, 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 what is it that I have in my life that I need to give to you, that I need to let go of. Care how cute it is or how whatever it is. And he'll show us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are we seeing some things? I call tonight like a breaking in, a little bit. We get a little bit revelation. And we're going to pray in just a minute. We're going to let Elder Dana sing a worship song. We're going to pray. But my main thing is I don't want you to feel any condemnation. If you just, something just seems so big tonight, I just don't know tonight. But just know that this is a breaking in. But there are people here that want to go ahead and give some big things to God and you know you can surrender anything anytime I changed in my life I didn't think I could and the key to the change that I experienced in my life was and I still need some was exactly that laying right here God I don't think I can I want you to lead an army I don't think I can a few years later I want you to about three days a week, fast and pray. God, I can't do that. I don't want to do that, God. I think I'm going to leave the church if you ask me again. I don't want to do that, God. And eventually, it went on for a while, months and months and months and months. And and I one day I come to the altar and I said, God, I don't want to do that. 
I don't think I can do that, but I surrender it to you. I said, I, I just give this to you, God. And you know, I didn't have to struggle anymore, and I didn't feel condemned anymore. And then I found myself, I just get up some days, and I just don't want to eat. So he started, I'm not going to say it wasn't ever a struggle, but I'm saying that I started where I, I got into a grace mode where his grace came upon me because he said, my grace is sufficient for all things, you know. Our, his grace is sufficient in us. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So when we try to do it ourselves, I couldn't do it because I was going to try to do it in myself before the surrender came in my heart. Y'all get that? Because God just, that's a revelation because I never said it before. Somebody please write it down because he just said it. And I, I heed his voice. I couldn't do it before because I, was, I would be doing it in myself because I was fighting it in my heart. I wasn't surrendered in my heart. The heart has to be surrendered first before the manifestation comes because if we don't surrender in our heart first, we're going to go back to sin. If I do it for you, if I do it for me, if I do it for anybody other than God, it's going, I'm going to go back to sin. I may replace it. I may not spend two thousand a month on shopping, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Red Lobster about eight times a month, and it's a heart issue. He he just wants us. He wants us. He he wants that relationship where we can say, "I want to drink so bad right now, I can't hardly stand it. I feel this alcohol in my veins. I feel this. I feel this cocaine in my veins. I feel it." I, I just want to smoke a little weed. I, I just got to call my friend right now because I'm so offended and mad, and I've got to share my offense. When the Bible says "woe is when we offend any of these little ones," he 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 don't he don't like us spreading offense, but he will give us people we can trust. Amen. So I'm gonna read one more, uh, just a little bit more, Deuteronomy chapter nine. I love this. We were sitting here in prayer one day fasting and praying with Pastor Pinson, and she gave this revelation. It's so good. Deuteronomy 9, chapter 1. Hear, O Israel, hear, O freedom, hear, O people. You are to cross over the Jordan today and go in to dispossess nations. Do you hear the call? Dispossess demons. Dispossess principalities over regions, over families, over homes greater and mightier than yourself he said right there we can't do it ourselves he said they're greater let's read again here oh israel you are to cross over the jordan today and go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you cities great and fortified up to heaven strongholds so tall that i don't think i can get over a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you heard it said, Who can stand before the descendants of Anak? Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, look at this, and bring them to you. Oh, I got to do something? 
I, I got to do something. He will destroy them and bring them down before you, so you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. Because of my goodness, then God set me free. He is saying to us, he's going to bring it to us. We got to cast it out. What does that mean? I don't know why my say it's my son. I don't know why he keeps doing this. I don't know. I have to go to prayer and say, God, I put this one before you. Help me, Lord. He's going to show us a stronghold. He's going to put it. We'll, we'll just see something we hadn't seen before. Like, uh, oh, they're mad because, because their brother was the favorite. He, he's mad. He was the favorite or whatever it is. God will show you. And then you just say, I'll pull that judgment down in the name of Jesus. Because Matthew chapter 7 says, judge not that you be not judged. And with what measure you judge, it's coming back on you. And when we judge our parents, it comes back through our life and we reap that. We can't just walk away and act like unforgiveness doesn't matter. We're going to reap it. We're going to marry it. If we don't, our children are. Because it goes through the generations. So I'm trying to say tonight that these cursed things, these wicked things, these things we allow to keep going on in our life, God, I ask you, bring conviction. Bring us to the end of it, God, to where we see it's just out to destroy us. It's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But you came to give life and life more abundantly, Lord. But you said you was going to bring them to us. In another place it says, bring them to our face. They're going to bring them to our face so we can see. This is what it's made me bound. It's not the outward appearance. It's not the, the, the thing that I'm doing that's made me bound. It's the hurt. It's the rejection. It's, it's the abuse. It's the, the uh, not fitting in. It's, it's things that happen deeper than what I'm doing, God. You said to clean out the inside of the cup and don't just be like those platters that want everybody to think we look good without ever going in there and cleansing out the inner man and letting God cleanse out that's up, that resentment and hatred. You said hatred stirs up strife. And if I have strife in my life, if I go deeper, I'll find hate. I'll find somebody I hate. I hate them for doing that to me. I hate that stepdaddy. I hate that time he beat me. I hate that. Hey, y'all talk out about sekete, y'all talk low boss, shake I'm day. Y'all know low boss, sekete, y'all day. Y'all talk about say, we pull it down. I pull down hatred. I pull down bitterness. I pull down strife. I pull down resentment. I pull down unforgiveness. I command you to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth has to bow. And it's not because of our righteousness. It's because of your love towards us, Lord, that you want our children free. You said teach these commandments to our children. Teach them. Teach them how to be free. Show them how they don't have to be bound all their life. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.